I think that uh, one could see this coming. Uh, I mean, the SACP has been sort of, uh, you know, making these kinds of noises for many months now, as I think it's seen the tide turning against uh, Zuma and his faction in the land game. Bladen Zamanda himself has been sidelined to a great degree after the fees must fall. I think what you're seeing is the sort of natural outcome of the factional battles within the alliance, and the SACP is, is hedging its bets. Um, and it, it doesn't want to be seen as being on the wrong side here. Um, and so it's making, and, and given, obviously, uh, Comrade Ahmed Katrada's passing, I think saw a really good opportunity here to uh, make it sort of speak a little bit louder on that side, make it appear as though essentially the SACP is, is, is with the people and, and the citizenry um, and so forth. So I, don't, I think that this must be read fundamentally as the SACP playing out a long-term battle going on with Zuma and with their, their factional um, battles within the ANC, the ANC alliance. Yeah, I mean, as you say, hedging the bet, and I think uh, um, Mr. McPiler said when he was asked about, uh, you know, whether they'd leave the tripartite alliance or whether they would seek the impeachment or the recall of the president, he firmly said that's not up to us, uh, so avoiding uh, that kind of talk at that stage. But now, in terms of hedging those bets, does the SACP maybe consider that, as you said, that the tide is turning and perhaps... They can see which way things are going. I mean, we, we try and look in and we, we speak to um, people like you to try and find out because I think the country wants to know which way this is going to go. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I, I was formerly in the Communist Party, um, and so I'm, I'm fairly familiar with its internal workings. And I can tell you right now that there's no real political will, I don't think, to break from the alliance. And that's the really the, the synchronon. In other words, it's, it's, the SACP has got to take that step. If they want to be taken seriously as a, a, a sort of, you know, on the side of civil society, on the people against them, uh, and what is going on, then they need to understand that uh, the way in which they're perceived is oftentimes a sort of a cover for what has been going on, providing left cover in some ways, or, you know, they're basically trying to bring the working class on board a, a trajectory, a policy trajectory that has been very, very um, difficult for that working class. So I think the SACP is, is playing a game here that is ultimately going to sort of, you know, come back and haunt them in a way, because they're not willing to make the hard decisions. Uh, that are necessary to political decisions. So they want to be seen to be on the right side. They don't want to do the kinds of things that are necessary to get on that side. Now, in terms of the people who will be driving this forward, because you said the SACP are just likely to hook onto whichever one suits them best, we know there is a fair amount of resistance to the move to fire the um, finance minister within uh, the, the ruling party, within perhaps the NEC who is there enough within the ANC to, well, I suppose take the the party into a position where the the country can gain positively from this? Because at the moment it seems to be a lose lose situation. But economists are predicting that uh, there will be a big problem if the finance minister is gone. There may be some sort of insurrection within the party. I mean, can this constructively be taken forward? I mean, if so, so who within the the ruling party is going to drive it? Well, I think I think you're right. You know, 
catch-22 situation because we've now gotten to a position where our, our macro politics, not only in terms of the ANC, but the country are being driven by factional politics. They're not doing, being driven by policy. They're not being driven by what is the right thing to do uh, in terms of our democratic institutions, uh, our laws. Um, and that makes things very unpredictable. It also makes it dependent upon what happens within the ANC. Now, my reading of this is that basically what this has done the, the last few weeks, and particularly um, the, the issue of, of him as sort of gambit uh, in recalling Gordon from London and everything else, is once again indication of his desperation. Um, I think he's in a corner, and he's trying every single means to, to try to get out of that corner. And in the process, he's willing to slash and burn. That's the problem, is that, uh, the, as you say, the solution is not readily available because, um, you know, whether or not Gordon stays or not, whether or not the RAND tanks or doesn't tank is not really the longer-term issues. The longer-term issues are democracy and whether or not uh, we're going to have policies that speak to uh, growing the economy as well as accountability, transparency. I don't see that happening until the ANC sorts itself out. In other words, its own policy conference coming up I think is a fundamental uh, turning point, or could be one, uh, in this factional battle. Up until then, I think it's sort of like guerrilla tactics on both sides, um, you know, shadow boxing in some ways. And, and I think what we're, then the people of South Africa are waiting and thinking, well, they're looking to the ANC and they're looking to in, internal politics and provide those answers, but unfortunately I don't believe they're going to until at least the ANC, some one of the factions in particular, comes out triumphant. And then it becomes clear where we're going. Uh, towards the national elections next year.